Oi, Keith, can you hear me? Hello? Yeah. Who are you? Molly, bed opposite. Pleased to meet you, Keith. How do you know my name? Not rocket science. It's printed on the sign above your bed. Oh, right. Yeah. Anyway, I don't think I've had the pleasure unless you... You weren't one of my... Failures? No, Keith. I managed to avoid that fate. So how do you know me? I have your scroll. What? Let's see now. What interesting things do we have here? Between 1984 and 2008, you were employed by the Ministry of Transport as a driving test examiner, correct? What is this? During that time, you failed 345 learner drivers purely because you didn't like the look of them, when you knew perfectly well that they were proficient enough to pass their tests. In fact... You acquired such a notorious reputation that they called you Phelan Fisher. Isn't that so? They did. Always good to have a bit of an aura. <laughs> Put the fear of God into those cocky little 17-year-olds. They needed taking down a peg. They'd have all passed eventually, if they were good enough. Whereas, with a selected few, you did the opposite. How do you mean? August the 8th, 1991. Ring any bells? You're having a laugh. I've a job to remember two weeks back, never mind 20-odd years ago. I'll refresh your memory. On that date, you allowed a certain Mrs Cynthia Page to pass her test, knowing full well she was incompetent, in return for sexual favours. Oh, yeah. I remember her now. She was a real looker. And when I told her she'd failed, she turned on the waterworks, then started coming on to me. She gives me some sob story about needing to drive down to Bristol for her sister's wedding the next day. Well, I'm only human, so I let her pass. (laughs) Only a man would say that. It wasn't just me. Most of the examiners were at it. Perks of the job. The pay was crap, risking her life day in, day out. Hmm. Cynthia Page. (laughs) Madam Sin, I used to call her. Yeah, she was special. We had a bit of a fling for a few weeks after her test. Bit of harmless fun. Not exactly harmless, as it turned out. What? Well, apparently, on October 29th, 1991, Mrs Page caused a fatal accident through careless driving. A family of two adults and three children were killed. Mrs Page escaped with minor injuries. I didn't know about that. We'd stop seeing each other by then, but you can't put that down to me. Accidents happen all the time, even to experienced drivers. Don't I know it. Anyway, moving on. Let's see. What else have we got? Being a bit of a naughty boy all round, haven't we, Keith? Excuse me? January was always a tricky time of year for you, wasn't it? Hey? The annual filling in of the income tax return? Oh, right, yeah. Huh. As if I weren't the only one trying to stop the chance of the Exchequer taking more than his fair share of my hard-earned cash. Doesn't make it right, Keith. Who are you, anyway? Mother Teresa? 
And then we can go right back to June 19th, 1960, when you stole the sum of one shilling and sixpence from your mother's purse so you could buy sweets to impress Barbara Yates, who was also in Class 2 of St Martin's Primary School. I've had enough of this. The Sins and Misdemeanours of Keith Fisher, born 1954. Who are you? A fellow traveller. Look, can we cut the riddles? I'm not in the mood. Fair enough. What's the last thing you remember before waking up here? Well, I'm not sure, really. It's all a bit of a blur. I've been having these blackouts for a while. The missus kept telling me to get myself checked out of the docks, but I kept putting it off. Yeah, I know, but if there was a problem, it could mean I'd have to give up my licence, and then I wouldn't be able to give driving lessons. Doesn't look like you will be now anyway. Not for a while, at least. If ever. Yes, and I'll get some earache from the wife about that. Told you so. Won't be the half of it. Funny the way things turn out. It was a bright, sunny morning. I dropped Jean off at work and was on my way to pick up my first pupil. I'm driving along, listening to Ken Bruce on the radio. I must have fainted at the wheel. Then the next thing I know, I'm lying in A&E with all these medics crowded round me. What's your story? Had just done this awesome mountain bike ride. Red run it was. Lovely weather. Perfect conditions. I'm pedalling along the road back to where I'd left the car. And suddenly, this pillock coming the other way swerves across the road right into me. I go sailing over his roof and smack down onto the black stuff. Then it's blues and twos, intensive care. And now I'm here. Oh, where's here? Limbo. Limbo? I thought that was a sort of dance under a pole. Betwixt the stirrup and the ground. You what? It's something one of my old teachers at school used to say. Mr Grasby. Used to think he was a bit cracked, but he was nice, really. Anyway, I looked it up. You've totally lost me. Stirrup and the ground. It's an old epitaph. This bloke fell off his horse and broke his neck. And on his gravestone was carved... Betwixt the stirrup and the ground, mercy I asked, mercy I found. You're a strange one and no mistake. <laughs> I've been called a lot worse than that. Let's have another look at your charge sheet. Does your wife know? Know what? That you fancied yourself as the local stud muffin. Oh, what a choice turn of phrase you do have. If the Dutch cap fits. All right, all right. Look, I admit it, I used to chase skirt a bit in my younger days, but that's all in the past now. Anyway, times have changed. You can't even look at a female learner driver the wrong way now. You're up on a charge of sexual harassment. I should bloody well think so and all. Fully paid up women's liber, are we? <laughs> Showing your age with that one, sunshine. We are feminists nowadays. Or even post-feminists. Well, what's the difference? If you're a post, you're allowed to wear makeup and dungarees are optional. Honest. <laughs> Give me strength. No, Keith. Post feminists are just women living in the 21st century who expect the same rights as men. Oh, and not to be leered at by knuckle dragging morons whose brains are permanently in their pants. Oh, come off it. You're not telling me that a woman doesn't mind a bit of flattery and attention. <laughs> you don't half remind me of my dad. Oh, yeah. Good-looking too, was he? Hilarious. Thought he was God's gift and all. No wonder my mum kicked him out. Lucky for you, your wife chose to turn a blind eye. My Jean would never do that. Kick me out. Why not? She just wouldn't. We're solid. Always have been. Funny. 
That's just what my dad thought. He couldn't understand it when my mum gave him his marching orders. He thought being man of the house gave him the right to treat everyone in it like his personal slave. I can hear mum's voice now. I was earwigging on the landing. <laughs> who's got more to lose? What did she mean? Well, if they split up, who stood to lose more? I think the penny dropped with Dad then. He realised he'd have to do his own cooking and cleaning. I'll find some other willing skivvy to do it for him. And did he? No. His sunny-tongue charms had worn a bit thin by then. He died a lonely, embittered old man. I felt sorry for him, because he was my dad after all. But he brought it on himself. What about your mum? Never looked back. Went to college as a mature student and got herself a decent job as a legal secretary. Had a good social life as well. Did she remarry? Not likely. <laughs> she had offers, but she was never tempted. Once bitten. What about you? Have you taken the plunge? You must be joking. I bet you've had lots of fellas chasing you. Fit young bird like you. Watch it, Keith. Just because I ride a bike doesn't mean I am one. Of course not. No, no offence, man. I'll let you off. I remember Mum being really influenced by that poster that was popular in the 70s. You know that one with the slogan? A woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle. It sounded daft to me until she explained it. Still does. Did to my old man and all, but he soon found out the truth of it. Anyway, all water under the bridge now. We need to think about the present. Time's running out. How do you mean? We're both at the border. What border? On the cusp. Cusp? Of one life and another. Betwixt the stirrup and the ground. I'm not ready to die yet. Oh well, not your choice, is it? Well, who decides? Oh, that'd be telling. So what am I supposed to do? Think. About what? <sighs> I know it's a cliché, but the meaning of life. Or rather, your life. Oh, well, I'm surprised you didn't come here carrying a big red book instead of that tatty scroll thing. Have you got some mystery guests, blasts from the past, lined up outside? You can be quite witty when you try, you know. You should try more often instead of being your usual misery guts. How do you know what my usual self is? We've only just met. All the evidence is here in your scroll. So is that all it comes down to? Some words printed on a piece of paper. Does that sum me up? Ashes to ashes. Dust to dust. That's what we all come down to in the end. Oh, you're a real Miss Sunshine, aren't you? Just doing my job. Job? What job? I have to get you, well, encourage you, to look back over your past life, see where you went wrong and say you're sorry. Then you find out what your penance is. So you're like my confessor? Not really. I can't absolve you of your sins. I don't have the power. Or the right. That's something you have to do for yourself. Fess up to all the bad things you've done, and then make a resolution that, if you had your time again, you'd do things differently. Or on the off chance that you're spared, make the most of your extra time and be a better person. Yes, I, I do want more time. I've still things I want to do, places to see. I'm not ready to go yet. The room's going all white again. Oh no, there's that damn tune again. What's happening to me? Is this it? Molly, help me! Help me! Molly, help me!